Amen. Wow. I want to say a pleasant good morning to everyone. And I'm going to try to speak slowly so that you can understand because I'm back home, so the accent have become stronger, you know. But it's good to be home. It's good to, to see all lovely people. I love you guys so much. And I must say that God is moving in the midst of you. And God is doing some tremendous things. Um, I... My wife sent her love. Uh, she's back home, and she is taking care of the church. She really don't need to because we have other pastors, but she does love the fact of, of pastoring. I, I don't know what came over her because she wasn't like that before. <laughs> but we, we now have two churches, and one in north and one in south. So on Saturday, we're up north, and, and on Sunday, we're in south. And, um, you know, God has been doing some tremendous things. And um, it's, it's good because um, I've been traveling a lot. And um, this, the rest of the year, I have four more countries to go to. And doing that, passing a church and, and, and all the other things is, is so much of work. But I bless God that I'm able to do that because of what you have invested into me. Me being here, those four years I were here, you know, the things that were taught, the things that were, were imparted, the lives that touched me, I am who I am today because of you. I am really blessed because of you, and I'm able to touch lives because of your investment. Every single one of you have invested. To those who I've not met before, my family that I've not met before, hello, nice to meet you. <laughs> I hope we connect afterwards. But it's, it's really good to be here. It's good to see Apostle Harold. And um, I remember the last time we were together in dorms together. <laughs> uh, he gave me a workout. <laughs> but I'm really awesome to see the awesome work that God is doing through him uh, around the world. And, 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 and all the things that's happening, you know, really. You know, I was driving up here and... Um, I kind of got a little emotional because I remember the first time I came here. It was New Year's Day. It was in the midst of winter, and I didn't want to be here. <laughs> and I remember walking up the hill and walking through snow, and I was like, Lord, you hate me. Why did you send me in the midst of nowhere, <laughs> in the midst of a cornfield? Why, why, why did you send me there? But now I understand how much God has positioned this ministry to touch the nations of the earth. How many believe that you're touching the nations of the earth? Every person you have invested into, whether they have been here physically or not, you have touched the nations of the earth. And the Lord spoke something to me uh, to to tell you, and, and he said, don't camp out at the place of success, but progress into the greater destiny that is ordained. And I want you to really take that as a rhema word. I don't understand the full magnitude of it. 
but God will reveal to you as you go along. Sometimes it's very easy to camp out at a place where we have gotten breakthrough. And we have said we have warred, we have fought, we have gone through all the things, and now we have reached this place of breakthrough, and we can relax. And sometimes that's the, that may be the very way in which the enemy comes in and destroys us. When we come to that place of comfort, and we say, okay, well, I know about this. I've experienced this. You know, I've warred. I don't need to be warring now. I could just rest and relax that's when the enemy comes in. That's when he comes in. So there's greater. Turn to your neighbor and say there's greater. It's greater. And, 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 and also, you know, while they're in worship, the Lord said that many of you are believing for miracles. And the Lord said if they will not focus on the miracle they need and focus on the miracle they need to do, they're going to see my hand move. That if they will focus on the miracle that they need to do, meaning that they will position themselves to be a vessel that will release miracles, they will see greater miracles be released in their life more than ever before. How many know this is a season of the miraculous? It has always been. It never changed. Over the years, we have felt that God have held his hand, but God's hand has always been out to release breakthrough and release transformation. So this morning, I want to talk to you um, about how to operate in the atmosphere of heaven on earth and how to, to bring the reality of heaven to earth. And in Isaiah 64... 1 to 3, which is a very popular scripture that we know. It says, Oh, that thou wouldest render heavens, and thou wouldest come down, that the mountains might flow down at thy presence, as when the melting fire burneth, the fire causeth the water to boil, to make thy name known to thy adversaries. That the nations may tremble, at thy presence, and when thou didst terrible things which we look not for, thou camest down, the mountains flowed down at thy presence. Now, here it is in Isaiah, they are crying out to God to come down and bring change. Sadly, the church have been so focused on crying out to God to give them something when he have already given it to them. And we have spent a lot of time uh, in the presence of God, seeking the presence of God when we are carriers of the presence of God. We have been saying, oh, we need a revival. We need a move of God. When there's already a move of God taking place, and what needs to happen is that we need to come into alignment with what heaven is doing, how heaven is operating, how heaven is moving, and begin to operate in that place so that we can see greater manifestation. Every miracle, every encounter you have encountered or you have experienced becomes obsolete the next day. It's no longer great. 
it's past and gone. And sometimes we camp out at the experiences we had. The encounters we had, the day when we got saved, the day when we got filled with the Holy Spirit, the day when we went to a particular service and God spoke a word that shifted us. We become comfortable at those places. But there is greater. In Matthew 6, 9, 13, we know that our Father prayer. We know Jesus came and he spoke to the disciples and he said, In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from evil, one For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, understand that we know this prayer. We understand, yes, we got to bring heaven to earth and all of that. And we are being so focused on crying out to God, Lord, come down in the midst of our situation. Lord, come and do this. And, And God is saying, hey, I'm here. We cry, God, we need breakthrough. God, we need transformation. God, we need reformation. And God said, I'm here. I'm here. And the reason why we have not experienced the atmosphere of heaven in our daily lives is because we have not accepted the reality of heaven. Until heaven becomes a reality in our private world, it will never become a reality in our corporate world. Unless you are living daily with a consciousness of heaven, you will never see the reality of it on earth. Salvation did not come alone to change us, but also to reposition us. Now, the churches large have been, you know, our whole focus have been, well, let's get people saved. Let's bring them to Jesus. Let them have an encounter with Jesus so they could go to heaven. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> that have been the focus. Let's get them saved. Let them experience the love of God. And yeah, that's part of it. But salvation, God did not send his son just to die so that we can be saved from going to hell. God sent his son to die so that we can be repositioned back to the original purpose and reason for our existence. And that existence on the earth is to have dominion. That existence on the earth is to multiply after that which is in you. And the reason we are positioned is to bring a total establishing and a total creation into that place of what heaven is. So really, we are positioned on the earth to make earth like heaven. 
That's why we are positioned to make earth like heaven. But we have been so and say, God, come, come to earth. And God is saying, hey, listen, I came already. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. So the first thing is that heaven must become a reality in us. I must first know how to host his presence before I can show forth his power. I love the way in which um, Bill Johnson, in speaking in one of his messages, talk about the consciousness of the dove on your shoulder. And sometimes we forget that Holy Spirit is there. We become so conscious of the reality of our world that we forget the fact that Holy Spirit is us is there. We have been so trained to be led by our personality that we don't know how to operate by our identity. We have been so shaped by our personality and when God comes and speaks the reality of heaven to us, our personality says, I don't understand this, so I'm not going to do it. A personality said, this is not me. I'm not a person to talk. I'm not a person to, to, to speak. Uh, this is not me. So we say we can't do it because we don't know who we are. And one of the biggest crises that we have in the church, we have people who are led by their personality and not by their identity. If I was going to look at my personality, I would not be standing up here right now. Because my personality said, no, sit down, shut up, be quiet. But because of my identity, I'm able to function and operate. Your personality have been shaped and fashioned by your soul. Your identity is given by your spirit. And in order for you to see a reality of heaven, you must position yourself and say to your personality, which brings in all the fears, that brings in all the insecurities, that brings in all the issues, that causes us to fo so much focus on the things that are happening around us. That's why we constantly say, Lord, I need a miracle. Lord, I need a healing. Lord, I need this. And we are so conscious of the reality of this world that our personality constantly pulls us towards that. You know you can't say that because look at what you have been through. How long are we going to camp out at our issues? How long are we going to camp out at the things that we didn't have or didn't get or went through? Listen, as long as you live on this earth, people are going to hurt you. <laughs> get over it. You know. You sitting down and, and worrying about what people think about you. Come on. Get over it. And they're telling you, oh, you look this way and you need to operate this way. Come on. Be you. 
be you. You know, before I came, I was talking to, to Dr. Melanie, and I said, is there anything specific you want me to do? She's like, no, just be you. And I'm like, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> I could just be me. And I've learned to embrace my identity and speak to my personality and say, you will not control me. You will not dictate my decisions. You will not hinder me from stepping into the reality of what he have ordained me to be. When you understand your identity, you can stand and you can talk about your history because your history does not determine your identity. So the first thing is that heaven must become a reality in you first. The next thing, you must have a paradigm shift in the way you see. You must have a paradigm shift in the way you see. Our perception of things limits the way we see and hinders the actions we take. If all we see is darkness and not seeing that we are the light, then we can change nothing. If all you see is what the enemy is doing and not what God is doing, you're not going to see the breakthrough at all. As a matter of fact, I spoke with my intercessors and we brought them together. And I said to them, I said, so what is the Lord saying? What? No, I didn't say what the Lord said. I said, what is happening now? And oh, they gave me a whole long list of what the devil is doing. And I said, you are so much earth conscious that you're not heaven conscious. Yes, the enemy is doing this on the earth. But what is God doing if you are hearing what the devil is doing, your prayer is out of alignment. Because you're going to pray based on fear, not based on faith. You're going to pray based on the reality of what's happening. So let's war, let's war, let's war, let's war. Earlier this year, I think last year, I can't remember when it was, we had someone pass by and spray our church with bullets. I was in my office. One bullet came right over my head. And, uh, you know, became very, we became a well-known church in the whole country overnight. <laughs> we had reporters show up in our service, you know, to, to, to find out, you know, what are our views? And, 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 and they keep on trying everything. I mean, they made up some stories that I was like, wow, I didn't even know that happened. But my constant response have always been, and, and everything I've said, we choose to love. In spite of this, we choose to love. Now, when the incident took place, the intercessors were in the back praying. Intercession was taking place in the back. The worship, the dancers were practicing. My wife was back in her office. And I was in the office speaking to a guy. 
And when it happened, the intercessors started to really begin to war. And I had to come in the back and say, hey, guys, stop praying. <laughs> stop praying. There's, you, you're praying out of fear. You're not praying out of an understanding of what God is doing. I had pastors who didn't talk to me begin to speak with me, which was good. I had one person that left my church that I was glad that she left. <laughs> because, I mean, she used to call us every single day, literally every day, to pray about a situation over and over again. And no matter how much we talk to her, it's the same situation she won't pray for. And she said, no, let's pray that, that church with bullets. I'm not going back there anymore. I was like, yes. <laughs> but our congregation doubled because of that. You know, where you saw that people who live, we had, we had increased. <laughs> but the fact about it is that I, I had to speak to the congregation and say, listen, we are not going to focus on that. We don't care who did it. That is not. Our purpose and our assignment is to love them, is part of. But we must look at what God is doing. I had one of my spiritual sons that, that, that was with me from since the beginning that left and almost split the church. And he called me crying. He's like, I didn't want to know that you died and something happened and I didn't get a chance to talk with you. So he came and, and he... You know, we, we talked and, and a lot of things were restored back. And he said to me, he said, I did all the things that you do. I see you pray for people and their foot grow out and this happened. And I did the same thing and nothing happened. And I had to explain to him, I said, you know, this is not about doing the method. You got to have it. You understand? And, you know, he, he really repented. And now he's, he's passing a church. Now he understands the headache of passing a church. So he's passing a church and, he, you know, we are his covering. So, you know, he's doing good. God is doing that. So out of this disaster, God brought great good. It's very easy to look at the reality of what's happening around you than to look at the reality of what God is doing. So you must have this paradigm shame. One of our assignment, one of the assignment of Jesus was to change our perspective of who the Father is. He came to change our perspective to recognize that, that, that he is greater than what you say. Yeah. It is not about a manifestation, but a transformation of the heart. A transformation will bring a manifestation. When Jesus wanted us to see the Father... Because he wanted us to not be transformed in terms of something physical or something that, that was manifest to manifest something. He wanted to see that transformation in our heart. Because that transformation in your heart is so important because it is what releases your identity. When you encounter the Father's love, it changes you. How I many you know what I'm talking about? 
When I encountered the Father's love, when God revealed himself as Father to me and I encountered the Father's love, it brought me into my identity. It brought me into a place that I began to recognize I don't need to do something to prove to people who I am. I just need to be. In me being a son of God, there will be manifestation. There will be manifestation. So, we must have a paradigm shift in the way we see. Next, we must listen to the voice of God. It is not what you know that brings change, but what you do with what you know. Because everyone can hear, but few can listen. We are prophetic people, aren't we? Or we can hear the voice of God. We can give you some details about your life. We can do all these things prophetically and we all have dreams and we all have vision and we all can do it. But you can hear and not listen. You can receive the word from God and do nothing but what you receive. You can see from a distance. You can hear from a distance. But it's only when you're up close you can smell. Now that's a different place because God wants us to be up close that we can smell the aroma of heaven and know exactly what is happening. You see, you can hear the voice of God. But it's only when you're up close and hear the heartbeat of God that propels you to operate from that perspective and not from your perspective. There are many that can prophesy pretty well, that can flow in the gift ins pretty well. But do you experience transformation when the voice comes forth? Is it your voice or his voice? Because really, what they need to encounter is not your voice. But his voice, and when his voice speaks, it goes to the heart. Because when the Father speaks, it releases identity. It goes to the heart and it brings change. So many times we say, God came and God spoke a word to me. Whoa, it so touched me. But then you didn't change. It didn't change you. You heard it. But did you encounter it? It's important that we understand hearing the voice of God. My heart began to become pretty grieved because I began to recognize that in the apostolic prophetic church, we became so focused on doing that we really didn't know exactly what God was saying and doing. I explained that. We have become so accustomed. I'm anointed. I'm gifted. I'm a warrior. I have authority. A situation arises. Okay, I can fix this. We don't stop to wait to listen to hear what Holy Ghost wants us to do. So the moment something happens at home, what do you do? 
when God is saying, why don't you just be still and know that I'm God? Why don't you just allow me to do? One of the things that I have begun and I've begun to really train myself is waiting and listening. Situations will arise and, 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 and I know I can do it. I know I can handle it. But then I'll be walking in my personality. I'll be walking in my knowledge. I know I, I you know, a situation, I can preach. I can prophesy. I can prophesy over everybody. But who are the specific ones that God wants to touch that takes things to a different level? And we have become so accustomed. I can do this and this is what I'm going to do. But we have not waited on what heaven is doing, what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And we have functioned in our own grace. It goes beyond. It goes beyond grace. The next thing, we must yield your body, soul, and spirit to the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Romans 8, 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I can't afford to think about something that Holy Spirit can be a part of. Can he be a part of your conversation? Now, what I'm sharing with you is nothing deep, nothing elaborate. You probably heard this already. But are you doing it? Are you living it? Are you in that place? Yield your body, your soul, and your spirit. My ability to be yielded will determine my ability to receive. By yielding your mind to the Holy Spirit, you think pure thoughts. By yielding your mind to the Holy Spirit, your prayers are in agreement with God's will. Not yours. Think about it. Our prayer life, most of it is focused on what you want. Lord, help me today. Lord, give me Lord, take care of this so I can be. Think about it. Your focus has been praying what you want. Have your focus been praying what he wants? When we become conscious of ourselves, we lose the consciousness of him. And when you're conscious of yourself, you open the door for the enemy to come in. When your focus is on you, you are opening your door, opening the door for the enemy to come in and bring great destruction in your life. You know why most marriages end up in divorce? Because one partner begin to focus on 
themselves. If both parties are saying, I laid on my life, I laid on my desire, I laid on my want. If both parties are saying, I laid all down, regardless of how opposite it is, it will work. It will work. But you see, we all want something from me. How can I be happy? How can, you know, I, I, I must receive, you know. You're not doing this, you're not doing that. I had a couple came in my office sometime and I sat down to literally heard both of them and he not doing this and he not doing that and, and he this and he that and he that and she this and she that and they were back and forth. So the pastor said, the, 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 um, the guy said, so can you help us? I look at them and laugh. They're like, you're laughing and we're supposed to be serious. I said, well, y'all also focus on yourself. I don't think you guys ever became one. I say, if you stop focusing on yourself and start doing what God wants you to do, probably things will change. In Romans 8, 1 to 17, Paul explains in details life through the Spirit. Life through the Spirit is nurtured and developed in prayer and communion with God. This may sound deep, but it's not. I've been speaking to um, the millennials in our church, which we, um, as, as Dr. Mary said, um, majority of our church are full of millennials. And they all call me Papa, call Marsha Mama. And I, all the time, I, you know, I've been so focused on, on doing this for them and doing this and doing that. Only to recognize just recently, all they want is for me to love them. And, and I did a survey. I, I did a survey, sent it to the tired church with all the millennials to find out, hey, what do you want? So we came back. We just want love. Because <laughs> in my mind, I have become just like Mama Melody. I'm a trainer. So I want to train people. I wanna. So I'm like, okay, how can I get them together and train them and teach them and send them? And I realized they don't want that. <laughs> they just want me to love on them. And as I began to love on them, they would come and share their ideas. And I say, yeah, go do it. You can do it. Go do it. And they began to go and do it. So sometimes we become so conscious of ourselves that we don't recognize that all we need to do is just get in that place of intimacy with God. And it's not complicated. I had different ones come to me and say, millennials, and say, how do you, how do you get in the presence of God? And I began to explain to them, it's not that complicated. You see, we are so accustomed doing that we think that we need to do something. But no, we got to just know how to receive from God. It is sitting at the feet and just listening and allowing the words that he speak go deep in our hearts. And when he speaks... And we receive it, there's no way we can be the same. There's no way we can be the same. 
And the last thing is do not resist, rebel, grieve, or quench the Holy Spirit. Do not resist him. How many times do we resist him? In Isaiah 63, 10, it says, But the rebellion grieved his Holy Spirit, so he turned himself against them as an enemy, and he fought against them. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, 20, it says, Do not quench the Spirit. It talks in Acts 7, 51, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit, as your fathers did, so do you. And in Ephesians 4.30 said, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Listen, folks. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. We speak in tongues. But there is more to Holy Spirit than that. And we have become so much conscious of ourselves, of being filled with the Holy Spirit, about having giftings that we have not recognized. He is the one that flows through us with the giftings. He is the one, not us. Jesus came, and, and sometimes we follow men and we follow uh, men and women of God, you know, because we see a certain manifestation to their life, and we say, wow, that's amazing. But, but Jesus came to model before us how we ought to operate, how we can bring heaven to earth. And it is so simple. So simple. Jesus said, greater work shall you do. Now, Jesus left a very high standard. Because Jesus raised the dead. Greater works shall you do. Because I go to my Father in heaven. Ask yourself. Are you doing greater works? And could it be because you are not yielding to Holy Spirit so that he can do greater works? I was ministering in, in Turk and Caicos. And I was on one of the islands. I was doing the three islands there. A few islands was doing three islands and was having this three nights of revival in one and different island. So I was on this island and the Lord gave me a name and the name of the person was Anthony. So I, I got up, I said, anyone named Anthony here? No. Okay. I said, well, I just sense that God is, God wants to touch Anthony uh, and bring healing to Anthony, whoever Anthony is. The next day, Anthony shows up. Anthony was home, told his mother, 
Mom, we need to go down to the community center. There is a revival taking place and I'm going to get healed. His mother said, there is no revival taking place down the road. He said, Mom, I had this dream. This big black guy. He said, this big black guy was speaking to me and God healed me. Now, Anthony have mental problems that and it, have, it have totally affected him. So the mother's just like, okay, this is probably just some other thing that he come up with. The mother gets a phone call that same day. There is this guy from Trinidad that is down by the community center. They're having a week of revival. She's like, okay. She's like, well, my son told me, you know, that they're having a revival, so and so, you know. But I thought he was just, you know, some crazy thing he was coming up with. All right, well, I go. Anthony comes. And Anthony comes. And in the midst of worship, God touches Anthony. Totally heals Anthony. Every physical part of his body came into total alignment. Total alignment. And it was just a whole miracle that I was like, Whoo. Wow. Now, I didn't do anything. I just heard Anthony. I didn't get the details of it, but I heard Anthony. And when I spoke it, it happened. It happened. I ministered sometime when I was in Nicaragua. I ministered sometime at this church. After prophesying over a few hours, went to minister at this church. And there was a lot of people. And um, a lot of people got healed. Then they bring this girl that is deaf in one ear. So I'm like, okay, she's deaf in one ear. Praise the Lord. God is going to heal it. I've seen God done it before. Little did I know, I'm about to pray for the girl and there's no hole in the ears. There's just a piece of skin hanging out. And I'm like, okay, how are you going to get me out of this one, God? <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm there and I'm thinking in my mind, I'm just like, okay, God, I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to say, well, have a seat. God will continue to touch. But I said, that'd be lying. So, you know, because, I mean, in my mind, I was like, there's no hole there. It's sealed. It's just a little piece of skin hanging out. And because it's all the different miracles, they brought this girl for me to pray. So I prayed, I prayed, and uh, nothing happened. <laughs> prayed a second time, <laughs> nothing happened. <laughs> you know, and I'm just in my mind, I'm like, okay, um, I'm going to sit down now. And I'm just, I'm going to do something. I've got to get out of this. Because I had no faith, you know. It was just like, I have no faith. I'm like, okay, praise the Lord. I don't have faith to believe this woman to hear in this air. You know, the other one is okay, but this one. So then I prayed the third time and her eye opened big. And, and, and I see tears begin to come out of her eyes. So I asked the translator, I said, you know, what's happening? And, and he said, she said that she can hear. So I'm like, okay, um, 
in my mind, I was like, okay, she could hear because the other ear there, so she could hear. So I'm just like, put the hand over the other ear and ask if she could hear. Yeah, she could hear. Okay, take her down so. Have her face the opposite direction and put the hand over the ear. And the girl heard. I was shocked. <laughs> I hand over the mic and I went and said, I'm like, I, I don't understand this. There is no hole in the air. How could she hear? There is no hole in the air. Understand greater works God wants to do because of you being present. Amen. How many received something this morning? You know, there are many things, other things I wanted to share with you, but God said to share this with you because he wants to do greater works through you. And it's basically, he just wants you to die to yourself and just let him be. Let him be God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you even now for greater work, greater release of your kingdom in the midst of this house even now. Could go ahead and just play the instrumental. Greater works. Father, we thank you even for transformation and for change taking place today. Lord, even as a minister, I pray that your healing power will begin to flow. Your healing power will begin to, to come down. That your, your presence will begin to just saturate this place right now. Just saturate this place right now. 